Straight Talk Uncut. Hey, everybody, it's Tell Us Again. Thanks for joining me for another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this is being recorded on February 16th, 2016. How you doing? How's everybody doing? How was Valentine's Day? Was it? Was it nice? All right, so let me go ahead and get into it. Um, let me let me uh, minimize this one. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to start with a quote. And this is uh, by Basho. Basho? Basho. B-A-S-H-O. Basho. And it goes like this. Do not seek to follow in the footsteps of the wise. Seek what they sought. Here it is again. Do not seek to follow in the footsteps of the wise. Seek what they sought. And again, that's by Basho. And my interpretation of that is um, pretty much, yeah, uh, and, and this actually brought to my like attention how we think about uh, like th- all the all the geniuses of the world, especially ones that that are dead and gone. You know, we we assume that brilliance has a final destination. That that genius. Is is finite, you know, like like there's a a limit to genius, or that wisdom has a final chapter simply because these people that are considered geniuses, Albert Einstein, uh, in in when when talk about art, uh, Picasso, uh, Monet, you you know they're dead, so their chapter is done, but. What I mean, that doesn't mean that what they were seeking, like they they completed their journey. So it's almost like this. What if you uh, could picture if you were on like a a, a a wilderness safari, right? And you're being led by a trekker, like the most uh, knowing trekker of this this particular journey. Like he's the only person in, in the world that has made this this trek that that has made this journey and he he's taking you and, and a group of other people along so it actually let's, let's make it a little more interesting interesting um so not only is this is this a a journey of uncharted territory you're the only photographer along and not only that you're the only you have, you have the only Photographic gear, like there, there's no cell phones with cameras on it. Um, there's, there's nothing else that has any sort of uh, photographic capabilities on this journey, except for the gear that you have. Now, along with you and the trekker, there, there's a uh, anybody who's important for a journey like this, like a once in a lifetime journey a geologist a biologist whoever uh, along on this journey right and this tracker again he's he's made this this journey at a certain point he's made it 90 percent of the way before but he's he's never made it over the, to the to the promised land and he's researched and he knows that past where he uh has made it you know at, at this final destination there's going to be something magnificent. So that's why he brought along you to document it. 
and all of these other people, all these experts and, and geniuses and, and things like that to to do what they need to do to uh, document this, whatever magnificent lies at the end of this journey. So he's made it 90% of the way before by himself. So now you, you, he, he, you guys are at, at like the 92, 93% mark. And then like in any uh, movie like this, <laughs> Disaster, disaster happens and the trekker dies, right? So now you have a decision to make. You and everybody along with you have a decision to make. You can stop right there, not knowing what's ahead, because you you've made it this far and you, you I mean, you you got some awesome pictures. You you got you got uh, enough that your career is made, your career is set. And along with all the other people, all of the other, the scientists that are with you, they have discovered things along this journey that they're, they are set that, you know, that there's really the only, the only reason to even go further is, is to see what's at the end, to see what was promised by this trekker to, to make it to the end. I mean, the trekker is dead. He, he was the wise one of this trip. He was the, he was the all knowing. And even though he's dead, he left a map. He left he left clues. He left a guide that you can come, you can finish the the rest of the five percent left of of the trek. What are you gonna do? You gonna end the journey there? Or are you gonna you gonna continue? You gonna finish, and um, and, and you know make it to the end. So you you see a lot of. Um, mimicry in in every in almost everything that like it is it's even music like when i i can't remember the last time even when i thought i heard um original music and then all of a sudden i'm listening to like some oldie station or 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 i'm watching a documentary or a movie and they're playing old music and i'm like wait a minute that sounds familiar that sounds very familiar, and it's it's some obscure uh, rhythm from the Netherlands, and you and you realize that some new top top of the chart song has sampled this obscure melody and music from somewhere that they probably thought would never surface, and you know it's like. Even my, my kids ask me, like, why do I listen to um, these old channels, these old uh, music channels all the time, and why I can't stand, like, the current music on, on the radio? And, and, you know, some of it's catchy. I'm, I'm, you know, I know I'm getting older, and it's that, you know, back in my day, the music was better and stuff like that. But I, I know, like, even uh, if you, you know, even, like, 90s, 80s, 70s, even even the oldies. That stuff was sampled from like old jazz and even like classical and stuff like that. But they did it in a way where you couldn't. It it wasn't easily. I mean, it wasn't just blatant, you know. And so I think that's what this 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 uh, quote is saying, like. Yeah, learn from learn from the, the the people before us. Learn from 
the the uh, the the masters and things before us, but at some point you have to want to continue past that. You have to want to seek what they were seeking. What they, I mean, you have to know that. You have to know that Albert Einstein, he was seeking something. Pollock was seeking something. All these great uh, geniuses of the world, they were seeking something. So it's up to us to find our own journey or or seek what these people were, were seeking. And that actually leads me into an interesting um some some interesting things I discovered about not only just plagiarism and in in photo theft and things like that because I was a victim of of photo theft and actually I won't even say photo theft. I, I think it was more out of ignorance than anything and it was by one of my own clients. It was a it was a wedding couple. I I did their uh, engagement pictures, and and normally I don't you know I'm, I'm like if I sell a, an engagement session, actually usually I include the session when they hire me for the wedding, and usually the pictures if they if they don't want to purchase pictures or anything I let them use them for like. Uh, if they're going to create like a, a little video story or something like that at the reception. So, you know, all fine and Dan, I've done it plenty of times, but this one in particular, so they particularly, they, they specifically asked me about purchasing prints of the engagement session. And I, of course, you know, I gave them prices, everything. I, um, you know, had an online, I can't remember what service I was using, but they were able to view them online and purchase whatever they want to purchase in any format, whatever size they wanted to. And, you know, and it was kind of like a self-service type thing. So, but they, they didn't end up buying any of their engagement sessions, pictures. They, they didn't buy any, any of them. So the day of the wedding, I show up, and you can you can probably you probably know what this what is going. So the day of the wedding, I show up at the um, the wedding hall, and actually no no actually, I did the 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 bride getting ready photos. The groom wasn't interested in you know he was he wasn't any, interested in getting any like getting ready photos or anything like that. Matter of fact, he he wanted me to skip. <laughs> the bride getting ready and to go have some drinks with him and him and the uh groomsmen. And I was like, uh no, you know, cause I I, I know where that went in. So uh finish up with the bride, head over to the wedding hall, and I get there and there's this um right at the, the table where you sign where the guests the yeah, the guests sign in and everything, there was this huge <laughs> Probably, uh, I want to say like a 16 by 20. That that the image size was 16 by 20, but it was like uh, it was it was matted and on one of those um, like easel easel stands, and it was the one one of the engagement pictures that I did. 
crappy print. I can tell it was it was like a Walmart or something because it was pixelated. The color was off, and I can tell that they grabbed the screenshot. Yes, they grabbed the screenshot from uh you know from the online portfolio that they were able to order their pictures from. They grabbed the screenshot and sent it into Walgreens or whoever, Walmart, and had a print made. Not one print on each of the on every table in the reception hall that was um yeah, that's right. It was at the reception hall. I said initially I said uh wedding early at the um the uh the wedding hall. No, this was at the reception hall because the the table, the centerpiece was a smaller version of the same print on on each of the tables. The centerpiece had like a, a little glass easel, one of those little glass easels that you can slip a photo in and on, on each one of the tables. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was more upset at the fucking weak quality. Like, I, I, I was like, are you, I mean, at first I was mad and then it was almost like, like how you get mad at your kid and then you realize they don't know any better. Like they do something so fucking, so stupid. And you, and it's like, you know, they, uh, obviously it was out of ignorance. And I, and I just actually felt sorry for them because not only could they afford it, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say what their career, career, uh, you know, what they did as, as, as work, but not only could they afford, I, I wasn't even charging much for the, uh, the, the print. It was pretty much, um, almost cost because like I said, you know, uh, when I when I do weddings, I throw in the photo session for the 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 engagement. I, I throw in the engagement session free, and then I make a little on the um on the back end of print sales. But if I don't sell in prints, you know, whatever. So I'm not I'm not trying to. It's not even a significant amount of money. So I was just like, not only were they just cheap, but they they first of all that's you know they stole the image and the the quality was so horrible and it's like now i'm hoping like the guests don't know that i was the photographer because the guests they don't understand they you know that you may have one person in there that know that understands how um resolution in, in, in the quality of prints and you know what go what all goes into getting a nice print and then uh, scaling it to whatever size and what what kind of input quality has to go into the the uh, you know when you send it even if you send it to Walmart or, or uh, uh, Walgreens it wasn't that they that you know I'm not knocking their their photo service. It was. I know it was because they didn't have the original file, so I know that it was a screen grab. A screen grab. So I'm hoping like the the guests don't put don't put together that the photographer for the wedding is the same guy who did this because they're gonna think well these some these are some shitty pictures and they're not gonna you know they're not gonna even question the the bride and groom they're just gonna it's just gonna be like wow 
if this is his quality, uh, you know, I'm I'm never hiring that guy. So that's when that's when I knew like, yeah, they. Uh, I mean, to me, it, uh, I would think it's common sense. But uh, again, I'm in the business. You know, uh, of course, it's common sense to me because I'm in the business. Just like, just like when I was in the real estate business, there was some shit that was, I thought was common sense to, to, uh, you know, people looking to buy or sell houses, a house, a home. It wasn't. It is up to the professional to educate them on on how that is. But so that's one thing when it's somebody who's just not in the not in the game and who's just ignorant of what's really stealing. But it's another thing when it's a fellow photographer. <laughs> when it's a fellow photographer ripping off images of it, ripping off anybody's photograph, even if it's not another professional photographer's photograph. So I came across these articles lately about plagiarism and things like that. And I'm not going to go into all of them, but I did find this interesting website called StopStealingPhotos.com. And it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a website where this guy puts on blast photographers that are just ripping off. And, you know, that's, that's one thing when... Um, when someone still like plagiarizes an idea, like like mimics uh, another photograph, you see that a lot when people mimic like uh paying they you know call it paying homage to some somebody's work and they uh, do a similar shoot. T- to me, you know, that's good to do if you're practicing, but to publish the shit and, and to try to make money from it, it's like. How fucking whack and uncreative is is that? I mean, like, I you know, in, in here in my in my own studio, I, I I have books of photographs all the time that I look at the lighting, and for one thing, I don't I don't try to recreate it because one thing I'm not going to go out and spend money on trying to recreate somebody else's photograph, but I do you know I'll look at the lighting and say how you know how I want to see how they come up with that lighting, but to just mimic. And just copy somebody's idea, and not only that, to to just blatantly rip off, steal steal somebody else's photo just because you're too fucking lazy to build up a fo- portfolio of your own, and post it on your site like you took these photos. Not too long ago, I was on Craigslist because I I peruse Craigslist a lot to to find like someone needing a you know just to find little easy gigs, and um. There, there's so many, you know, photographers on 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 Craigslist. There was a, a one that had been flagged, and this guy was like, "These, this is not these photographers' photos," and he posted his own post showing he here's all the links to the original photographs. It's like how how long do you expect to get away with that? Like I don't even I just I I'm you know I'm maybe I'm naive I'm naive about it. I just don't understand, like, what you, what, you may get a, a few jobs, and and um, and and I, and you know, the thing about it though, I know the the clients don't give a shit, clients don't care, because they're not looking for that. They just see it as face value, and they say, "Well, it's on his site. It must be his photograph." They don't give a. They don't give two flying fucks. Until 
when they pay their money and then the photograph they receive are not like the one they initially saw on the website. And then that's when they, you know, scream foul, especially when the price is right. So is it enough to say, you know, to, to, to play ignorant? Sometimes, you know, again, you know, you can, we can go back and forth with that. But I, I know in the law is not. If you run a red light and fucking claim you didn't know the law, you know, the, the cops are not going to give a shit. They're like, well, you should know the law. You're driving. If you're out there paying money for a, a photographer, should you do some research? Yeah. But, again, man, with, with these photographers that, that are just... I, I, I can't... I mean, I'm, I'm just going down... I'm just going down a list of each... Uh, each of these photographers. And he the way he has it is... He has links to like the originals and then he's showing, um, I mean, he does a little research on it. You know, I'm surprised I never heard of this, this, this website before. I mean, I imagine it, it, it has to be a lot of work to even keep up with this because I know it's rampant out there of, of, uh, people stealing images. And that brings up another question too, because when I, when I started reading about this stuff, and you know, there, there's the blatant stuff like this. You know, the, the the photos on this site. But what is like? What's the difference in, like, like if you use music as as an example, when someone plays a cover song. You know, a, a lot because I often wonder, like, how does someone get get away with the cover songs? Like, you know, how how can someone say, well, I'm playing a cover. And you know, just like you know, some photographers say. I'm paying homage. Is that valid? You know, is that all you need to say? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm playing the, it's a tribute to blah, 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 to whoever. You know, that's, that's the easy out. But I know in, in music, it's, it's really defined um, when, I mean, you know, down to like, if, if, if a, a venue has this, uh, you know, a certain number of people, um, it can, it, you know, it has certain rights. It can get away with certain things. And the same thing with, with photography. Like if, if you steal an idea and like, if you shoot a, if you shoot a photograph and you use some of the same imagery, you know, based on somebody else's idea, but you know, you try to throw your own, like, you know, just, just enough to make it make you know make you yourself believe you're doing something different that's still plagiarism that's still you you're still stealing you know especially if you never even mention like uh where the original idea come from so it's one thing to say to do like a project you know to say like uh, i'm doing this project and i'm just going to see what goes into trying to create this image that's that's one thing almost like myth mythbusters when they you know, when they sort of take something out of a movie scene, they try to recreate and see if, if that will really happen like that. But I'm not even talking about that gray area. I'm talking about blatant, like, um, you know, blatant theft, blatant plagiarism. And, of course, it's up to the the, the victim to fucking go out there and try to, you know, fight it and... and, and 
do something about it. So I think that's why a lot of it just is just so rampant because I mean, if someone's busy for one, and who you know who's gonna have time? Like even that, I didn't even mention. I didn't even mention when in my situation with the with the client, I didn't even mention it to him. You know, I not not to that particular cu- uh, couple. Just after that, all the customers I had is you know subsequent to that, I made sure to mention like, matter of fact, I I used that story, to to show like you know you know, just just so you know. Um, you 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 know I, you you can't you can't use them if you don't want to buy them. You know if you want to make arrangements to, to where you can use one image or something because you feel you don't have enough money or you whatever. At least ask me about it. You know I I, I sort of incorporated that into my uh my little sales spiel after that. But yeah, so that that website is uh let me go back to it. Stopstillingphotos.com. Is that what I said? Yeah. Stopstillingphotos.com. That's the name of the website. And it's a wall of shame of unethical thieving ass <laughs> photographers. I actually, you know what, you know, I mean, th- to do that, I don't think you 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 can call yourself a photographer. You're just a thief. That's just a, a person trying to a scam artist that has a camera and just trying to scam people. That's that's what that is too, you know. That's another thing we need to get rid of this just because you got like a a a, a pro level camera. You're not a fucking photographer, you know. You 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 you're not. Just like if um if if a car salesman goes out there and just you know he calls himself a car salesman, but if he's out there just ripping people off, you're a crook disguised as a car salesman. That's what you are. You're not a you're a, you're a crook disguised as a car salesman. In any you know any other uh, um, you know person that does that. If it's a musician stealing somebody else's music, you're 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 a thief disguised as a musician stealing music. All right, enough of that. <laughs> All right, what's next on uh, the agenda here? Let's talk about like charities, right? So, I've been wanting to, uh, like, not, not, I don't want to say align myself with a charity. It just sound, I don't know, it sounds whatever. But, again, you know, there's charity, there's, there's crooks and con artists and scam artists using the, the label as charity organization that are, that are ripping people off. And, uh, a while ago, uh, actually a few years ago, I discovered this thing called Charity Navigator. And since I haven't been to it in a while, uh, well, actually, let me explain what Charity Navigator is. Charity Navigator is uh, a site to that you can rate, that you can go and research charities pretty much. But it's not the only one. There's one called Charity Watch. There's one called GuideStar. There's one called Great Nonprofits. And you can actually go to either one of these uh, websites and sort of, um, you know, see the profiles of these different charity organizations. Cause let's face it, there are some, there are some, uh, some, some charity, you know, organizations call themselves charities 
They're just ripping people off. And how do they, how the these gigantic organizations get away with it? I, I just don't know, you know, and, 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 and that's, and to me, that's why you know that politics are bullshit because they never address this stuff. They never address the reality. It's up to, you know, it's up to us to do our own research and, um, and, and figure out who's, I mean, even some of the biggest ones in the world, like, well, uh, what's the, 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 the pink ribbon thing, you know, come to find out that out of all the money it received, um, only a, a micro percent, a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of what it receives as donations go actually goes to the charity. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's totally legal. It's totally legal. It's totally, they can totally do that. So these charity navigators and these uh, charity watch, they sort of uh, break down that, that, that information for you. You know, you can, you can go to them. So I'm, I'm going to bring up charity navigator. Cause I remember going to this for, um, I can't remember what charity I was going to, I was given to. And I found out that, yeah, just the same way as the one I was just talking about. Only a small percentage of the, the money actually went to that charity. So you can, you can, you can, um, they're broken down by like categories like animals, arts, cultures, and humanities, community development, education. So you can just click on, so I'm just click on arts, culture, and humanities. And then it shows you these, all of these different, uh, Charities, different, well, actually different groups of charities like museums, performing arts, public broadcasts, libraries, historical societies. So let me, let me click on like, uh, performing arts. Actually, no, let me go back. Yeah. I click on performing arts and, um, okay. The first one that popped up contemporary theater out of four stars, it receives two stars. Why is that? Okay, well, it's located in... Now, this is not why. I'm just going to read some stats here, some information that they give you right off the... right on the front. Uh, it, lo- it tells you the location, the category, and the cause. All right, so let me see why this this uh, charity only received two stars. Why does it only receive two stars. Well, one thing is based off a of financial score, accountability and transparency score. And where is it hitting low fund fundraising expenses? Oh, okay. I see. So program expenses, 76.5% program expense growth, 0.5% fundraising efficiency. What is that 18 0.18%? No, 18%. Why does it have that one in dollars? Yeah, 18%. Um administrative expenses. So that's the big one. So I I can't remember which one it was, but when I went to the one I was looking at a while ago, um the the administrative expenses were off the charts. And also, I think there's a there's a there's a section that shows the revenue that the um like the income that the what what is it called the CEO or whoever makes 
Yeah, compensation of leaders. So the executive director made for this charity made 68000 last year, and the artistic director made 71000 So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, still, you have to, I'm not sure why. Well, I guess because the expenses are so high. So that's why this one rates low because the exp- the expenses are so high just just to just to fund I mean just to operate the exp- the expenses are 76.5% of uh the fi- the financials. So think about that. So for 70% 76% of the money that comes into this organization goes to program expenses. So it's like whatever their overhead is, you know, it's crazy. So you can go to this, you can go to, and this is particularly Charity Navigator. This is the only one that I have any experience with. I'm going to check out these other, um, matter of fact, on Social Rise, there's a, there's a website called Social Rise. It actually compares Charity Navigator versus Charity Watch versus GuideStar versus great nonprofits. So I'm going to go, I'm going to look at that one a little more in depth and see is charity. Cause I, I like the way charity navigator is, is, is laid out. Um, so you can, you can go and check out for yourself and see which one is, um, is for you. And even if you don't even plan on donate just to see the background and to see, um, some of the information in, in how charity monies are disseminated is, is really interesting, you know, and it, it just wakes you up to, you, you know, to not being um, blind about how these, how like nonprofits and charities and stuff like that, just because they have that label, they don't mean they're doing some good with that money that they receive. You know what I mean? So, so, um, and I know there's a, uh, there's a lot of photographers that, you know, once they start getting a little, a lot of creative, once they start getting, uh, success, you know, successful, they want to give back, especially to, um, to these organizations for the arts, because I mean, I, I don't know if you're paying attention. They, they are wiped. They pretty much wiping out any sort of funding for arts and schools now, you know, they, they, um, luckily enough, like I said, the, the school that my daughters go to, they have like after school programs that we, the parents pay into, um, young Rembrandts is one of them. Uh, and there's a lot of, I, I like where I, where I live, there's a lot of, uh, other type programs outside of the school that, you know, a lot of us parents send our kids to. Because the schools, you know, the public schools, is just is almost non-existent for, uh, you know, anything besides sports. So, I had a matter of fact. Let me tell you the story. We, my my wife and I, we watched Whiplash. Uh, that's the movie about the drummer. In uh, in um, I've been wanting to watch that for a while, and it was at the library, so I got it. And I love those kind of those those sort of shows. I, I love those type of movies because I, I play. I was in music up until college, and you know I swore I was going to be a musician. 
So I like those those type those kind those sorts of movies just to sort of see how realistic they are. And <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people that I don't I don't just sit and watch a movie and say, oh, it's just a movie. I fucking get into I, I, I get into the movie. And my wife, she does it. So you can you can imagine, like I I'm always kind of trying to restrain myself from seeing shit when I'm watching the movie. And there was this one part where uh the guy, I can't remember his name, Taylor or something like that. Is the actor who played uh shit, I can't remember his name. The guy who played the drummer and the the you know, it was uh JK Simmons and the other uh, the kid. And they were at the dinner table and Paul Reiser was was playing his dad. And, you know, it was all these big fucking Neanderthal uh, athletes. Just, you know, you know. The, I mean, you, 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 can, you can imagine the scenario. If you haven't seen Whiplash, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of cliche. Either the smart kid is being bullied by the long kids or it's, it's the, you know, the musician. So in this case, it happened to be the drummer. And he wanted to be... Um, you know, he wanted to be this this awesome ass drummer, like one of the greats. That's that's the words he used. He wanted to be one of the greats, uh, and they used Charlie Parker um, as the as an example. And they were talking about the 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 album Berlin, which I actually have, and I'm telling my wife, yeah, I actually have that. But I I got kind of <laughs> emotional because I was like, this guy he has a better chance of being a fucking musician. Then these ass, you know, these uh, football players has, I think I think I'm pretty sure they were football players or wrestlers, maybe, you know, you know of, of of being a pro. He has a better, um, has a better chance of having a career as a music as a drummer than they do as a NFL player, as a as a professional football player. You know what I mean? Because the spectrum for where you want to take your music career is way broader than professional football you have what you have the canadian league you have you have the um nfl right and then you know europe or somewhere uh, i'm thinking I, I don't know shit about the, what leagues are football but i know there's like an overseas league or something like that i think and i remember when i did watch football forever ago there was like arena football so I, then outside of that what you're going to be a you know what what, what what a coach? Yeah, I guess you could be a coach, but as a drummer, even if you just even if you don't want to like be in 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 a particular band, you can freelance as a drummer and make a successful career. And then on the side, um, write tutorials, write video, do videos. There's there's uh, there's people that do it all the time. When I was trying to learn how to play the guitar, I I I mean I was surprised at how many um, you know, professional guitarists, uh, musicians out there that had some sort of program for learning to play guitar. And I was like, wow, if you, if you are good at, the, at playing guitar or instrument, you, you have all sorts of ways to, to make money, to make a career. You know what I mean? And I, and I said that she was like, you know, it's just a movie. I'm like, I know it's just a movie, but but what's the point of watching a movie if you're not going to invest a little emotion in it? <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. But, uh, shit, I forget. I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> so, 
So Charity Navigator, yeah, if you you know, if you even looking at to funding some sort of organization like that, like dealing with art or something, you know, you can go check them out and see if they are legit and what have you. All right, moving on. Let me move on. I know I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, let me move on here to my last thing. Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about some exercise, right? I found this I found this article. You know, I'm over 40 and it you know like th- this is what this is what kills me like you see art you see articles of of like uh things you should do to lose weight. But then when you hit 40, then you start seeing like like this article. Popular exercises found to accelerate aging and cause weight gain for men over 40. An exercise that's gonna cause you to gain weight. Oh fuck! Wow. Okay, let's look at this. I mean, it's like if there's no there's you you gotta pretty much do what you're gonna do. If it's working for you, keep doing it. If it doesn't, stop. Because no matter what you do, no matter what you eat, you're gonna find some kind of negative against it. I'm pretty sure if you look hard enough, you'll find why kale will kill you. You know what I mean? So I just I I, I haven't even looked at this. I wanted to, I wanted to go through this with you guys. So let me let me see. I'm not gonna even read through. Okay, blah blah whatever. What the first exercise over here that can do harm? You know, make you make you gain weight. Cardio, chronic cardio increases belly fat. And speeds aging. Oh no, shit! Chronic. What's chronic cardio? Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna read the article. Let me, matter of fact, we, since we're talking about plagiarism and shit, let me. Um, this this article is on maxworkouts.com. That's where I'm getting this article from. Let me make sure to mention that. <laughs> All right, so it says too many people think cardio is the answer to everything related to weight loss and fat loss. Well, I know that's not the case, right? I know that's not the case. You know, that now that is a myth. When people think they can just do cardio and not do any kind of weight training or even body weight training or resistance training and they wonder why they're not losing weight. Yeah, you getting your heart you shit, your heart is healthy as shit. But that don't mean you're gonna lose weight. Okay. But current studies prove otherwise. Doing conventional long cardio overtaxes your body and increases the production of Stress hormone, cortisol. Now we all know about cortisol, right? They, they, you know, they, they start talking about cardio, cortisol. You know, the, the, um, that's that's the the stress hormone and causes the, you know, belly fat increase. So, evidently, according to this article, doing too much of it, um, doing too much cardio, of any kind, I, I'm assuming causes the increase of cortisol huh wow okay so well I, I don't know what what what's chronic um I don't know what what chronic cardio is most of the, most of the cardio I get when I work out I get from doing um like tabata type exercises you know what I mean and then like for, well this morning when I did cardio I only did 30 minutes on the treadmill I walk on the incline for 30 minutes that I burn about 400 calories. I do that a few times a week in addition to my 
my uh you know weight my weight training workout. So all right, so that was number one, cardio, chronic cardio. Uh, number two, lack of sleep. Okay, now I do I did know this. Lack of sleep. Yeah, I thought they were gonna say too much sleep. Lack of sleep causes stubborn middle-aged belly fat. All right, that's no big fucking secret. I knew that. So, um, but oh, but you know what? Let me let me talk about that though. So, what what what's you know? And this this is the thing I always fought with, cause I've there was a point in time where I tried to get eight hours of sleep, and I just feel like hungover every time. I would try to, you know, get eight eight hours of sleep. You know, the magic number eight hours. And I re- I realized, you know, that, that yeah, that that just that, um, it's just not for me. The max I get is six six hours. So let me see. Try to fall asleep between ten thirty and eleven p.m. Your melatonin sleep hormone leak uh, levels peak during that small window of time. For who? Depending on your schedule. Depending on your what if what if you work? What if you're working? You know, what if you work midnights? What if you work uh, swing shift? You know, so take this shit with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I do know lack of sleep will, call, will make it harder for you to, um, to, to, gain, to lose weight. Sit-ups and crunches do not effectively reduce your belly fat. Okay, um, I agree with that one. I will agree with that one. Oh, so is that it? So the only one that was, that was crazy... Is in and, and they they still never define chronic cardio. I don't. I'm not sure what chronic cardio is. So uh, let me just see if they ever define what chronic cardio. But again, even with sit-ups. Now sit-ups is that's an old throwback. Like people been doing sit-ups forever. Now I know. Just, just from, just from, you know, me being work, working out forever, that sit-ups don't do as much as, um, uh, you know, other exercise. For, for instance, plank. There was one. There's this. There's this app called Maximum Conditioning Training, or Maximum Capacity Training, and I'm pretty sure there are no sit-ups. In it in that workout plan, it's a it's like a ninety day workout. It's like sixteen minutes a day. And when I first did it, at the end of that ninety days, I was ripped, and I did no crunches, no sit ups at all. And I I the first time I did that app was like probably three or three years ago. So, and uh, and this one my wife does now. She she does it. She still do it. And I, I, I do, I do a cycle, um, of it. And then I do my own, you know, configure my own workout or do another workout. Like right, right now, the workout I'm doing is called like, it's based off this thing called, um, the spoke and wheel. And, you know, it's one I found on, um, men's health, I think. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Cause that's, that, that's what I do. I, I get bored easily with workouts. So I'll find some workout. I do it for 30 days, uh, you know, 60 days, and then move to something else. So right now I'm doing this one called the wheel and spoke to where you have, if you can picture a, a wheel, you know, you have the hub and then out from the hub are spokes. So you have the hub is like the center 
the grounded exercise. And you can um, make that like a compound movement. You know what I mean? Um, for, for instance, the, the last one I did, I did for my hub was Turkish get-ups. That was my hub. And then out from the spokes were, were things like burpees or uh, curls or um, pull-ups or something like that. But I do it for 20 minutes, 20 seconds, because I do each exercise 30 seconds, rest 20, then do the exercise. Then you go back and forth from hub to spoke, back to hub to spoke. And you do that for you know however many sets you want to do it. And then at the end of the first cycle, I, I have a one-minute rest. So, you know, after doing that, it comes out to about 20 minutes, 20 seconds. And I burn about 400 calories doing that. So that's that's the way I work out. And that that's sort of a play on a Tabata-type workout. Um, so that, you know, that's just the way I, you know, I can't do these long workouts anymore. Like I said, I'm over 40. I can't go in the gym. I, I I remember used to going in the gym and staying for like two hours. You know what I mean? So, but I can't work out like that anymore. But it still kills me when you see like, you know, the the it's like it's never nothing's ever good enough. You know, not nothing's ever the right thing. No one thing is going to be the right thing. So, you got to find out what's right for you. Your you know your um if you have any kind of like um body ailments you gotta you can't try to do some shit that somebody else doing you know like i i have knee pain and stuff like that i can't be doing you know i can't do weight weighted squats <laughs> you know i can't be trying to you know like like i'm some, some 25 year old kid with these brand new knees trying to do some squats so i have to work out based on um you know based on my body type based on my age and based on the results i want to get so uh, I think that's it, man. I know I was all, all over the place with this <laughs> episode. I went from talking about photographer stealing to uh, to being over 40 and working out. So, But anyway, that's it. That's it for this edition of Straight Talk Uncut. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, I'm still working on format. I'm still working on trying to get something, uh, you know, somewhat of a float. To this thing so just keep coming back watch me get better uh leave comments on the soundcloud timeline if you want to if you want to send me an email tell us at straighttalkuncut.com that's the best way you know again I'm, I'm i'm not on you know even though you may see like a presence for me on twitter facebook i don't check i don't I, you know it's just too much i'm not on any of that I'm, I, I don't check it um, so the best way to contact me is through email. So like, like I say, man, um, I don't know much, but what I do know, I talk, I try to talk straight about. So until next time, Hey, I'll talk to you guys later.